0: Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan, and today it is a pleasure to have a very good friend of mine, Mr. Ash Patel, CEO of Southwest Hospitality Management out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he is also a past president of AHOA, or past chairman, I should say, excuse me. Uh, So you spent a number of years in AHOA going through the ranks and having a really great administration there. And he has just been a tremendous friend and a big supporter of the California Lodging Investment
1: Conference. Ash, welcome to the show. Thank you, Craig. That was very kind of you to put those good words in.
0: It's just a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. How are you and your family and your team doing?
1: Well, we're all healthy and safe. Good. Um, But we're hunkering down with the economic Aftermath of COVID, and uh, you know, obviously, life has changed for all my teams, right? As well as uh, you know, the business model moving forward, correct? As, as you know, things are in flux every day. New regulations, uh, new best practices, etc. And so we're we're adjusting as fast as we can. And like the saying goes, that those that adapt as fast or faster we'll probably have a better chance of uh, making it through than those that fight change
0: right no exactly well let's let's talk about this this change and what's going on. How many assets are in your portfolio right
1: now, both owner operator and management total of fourteen that we had as of uh, yesterday where between yesterday and today, uh, two of them are being shuttered and let go, and we also have uh, four restaurants in our portfolio and a couple of retail stores.
0: See, that was also one of the things I wanted to get into with you because you're you you you're being affected on all fronts because of your food and beverage uh, operations, your retail and your hospitality. Uh, yeah. Assets. now, yeah, And you're, you're in multiple States. So you're fighting this on multiple fronts. Um, so what are you seeing in, I know you're in Texas, you're in Arizona and California. So let's take those three States. What are you seeing in Texas right now? And then move, well, let's move West from there, go to Arizona and California.
1: Well, you know, one of my assets is in the oil markets and uh, one of them is in the Austin uh, sub-market. Okay. Um and, and so the oil market prior to even the recession was already in a slowdown because of the glut of uh, the supply in the marketplace. And uh, so we were already planning on, you know, hunkering down in that market and this just, uh, uh, sort of uh, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Gotcha. Uh, because occupancies are in single digits in that market, and uh, uh, typically we're also in the Austin sub-market, which was highly transient corporate. And because of the, you know, shutdown in travel and especially airline travel, uh, none of our customers are on the road, and we're doing single digits there as well. Um, good, news and I would news.
0: imagine that
1: that all
0: started with the announcement of South by Southwest being canceled, and that preceded the airline uh, slowdown.
1: Uh, correct. We we were actually sold out for two weeks of South by Southwest. Yeah, and it was canceled abruptly just a day before, a couple of days before and uh we ended up having an empty hotel <laughs> with a switch of a, a button you know
0: yeah yeah and, absolutely
1: and south by southwest does generate a lot of cash flow that sustains you through your slower months and uh you know that cash flow is gone until probably next year when you know hopefully we have another one right
0: absolutely Okay, so that's Texas. What's happening in Arizona because you've got urban locations and you're also you know out at the lakes and, and, and the Grand Canyon. so what are you seeing
1: there? Well, same thing you know people are no longer traveling uh, yeah. my, my assets that are you know uh, uh, national park dependent uh, leisure dependent are absolutely dead uh, you know pretty much. You know the Grand Canyon. Uh, the Grand Canyon National Park is closed. Right. Thirty um, percent of our business was international travel, which was gone. Uh, you know, uh, w- with all the restrictions and bans on international flights coming in, and you know, just consumer confidence uh, uh, from both international and domestic was not there for travel, and and so we're doing single digits uh, across the board. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, you know. Uh, no rev pars to speak of when you're doing three rooms or four rooms a day. Um, but what we're seeing is and hoping for is that when we do open up, which, you know, Arizona uh, is going to hopefully start opening up here in early May, the governor has still not made a decision on uh, how he's going to open. But he's, you know, mentioned that he will look at, uh you know, the federal government for direction, uh, the health and sciences uh, uh, folks to give him direction uh, before he does that. And uh, But we're hoping. We we do see uh, uh, exhaustion amongst uh, the citizens of being at home for four or five weeks. And, uh, you know, there is another week of uh, exhaustion coming uh, until we get into the first week of May. So it'll be interesting to see um but we're hoping that w- with consumer confidence very low in airline travel, gas prices being low, that when the when we do open up, folks that missed out on spring break, vacations, weekend outings will do, yep. will do domestic travel. Drive to markets, absolutely. And so we're hoping that we can take advantage of that. The key the, the key thing is As soon as we open. Yeah. And then, you know, also talking about as soon as we open is the labor thing. You know, we we have gone ahead and received most of our PPP funding. Okay. But we're closed in in, in the sense that, um, you know, the hotels are doing single digit occupancies. Some or most of our staff do not want to come back because they're getting more by staying at home than coming back to work. And those, you know,
0: yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. I think we're going to see some of that, but I think you're also going to see, you know, if everybody is opening within, say, a 30 day window going state by state, um, there's, you know, we were having employment shortages prior to this. And now you're going to have people getting out of the market or getting a slight bump and they're going to be off to a competitor. So, you know, that was, you know, part of part of the question I wanted to ask you is, you know, how are you going to ramp up? What are you doing to get prepared for that? I, you've got to start cross training people because you're going to have shortages of staff at every hotel when you when you reopen.
1: Well, we don't know about the shortages. I think the challenge will come that, you know, there there's going to be a complete uh, restructuring of how we operate. Yeah, uh, There's going to be a complete restructuring of the hygiene that will need to be maintained in assets. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there comes a cost with that. Uh, Absolutely. And, I, and I'm hoping that the brands are cognizant as, you know, typically if there is a... Uh, Amenity creep uh, and, and things of that nature that franchisees were already complaining about uh, because it never brought anything to the ROI uh, of the uh, asset. Now you're adding on another three, four, five dollars a room uh, for cleaning the, the asset, right? Right. Um, right. And, and uh, what's also happening is, you know, when we talk about labor. It is predicted that we may have a twelve fourteen percent unemployment rate coming in, uh, and, and as we ramp up, it will take time for everybody to get back into their jobs. Yeah. So it's not like somebody's just going to pick up and go to the competition. We're all in the same storm, just in different boats, right?
0: Yeah, you know, and and I, and I see that point and I agree with it, but I think you're also okay. You know,
1: you're you're in a you. You know,
0: more of a unique situation, I think, than most because you do have retail, you do have, you know, restaurants, the F&B component outside the hotels and and the hospitality component. Now, you know, with the social distancing, I mean, if if one of your restaurants you could put 50 people in, is that now going to get cut in half? Are you going to meet them at the door? Are you going to be taking their temperature? Do they have to be masked and gloved when they come in? The servers will obviously have to be that way. The kitchen staff will have to be that way. Then the cleaning before you open, once the table is done, is it going to be done for the night or are you going to take additional reservations? Is it going to be something like some of our favorite places in London? You know, it doesn't matter if you're a little bit late, you're going to be the only seating at that table at that restaurant for the night. Um, Yeah. So I think you've got a multitude of, of fronts that you need to get a grip on and figure out what, you know, who, who can you bring back? How quickly can you get them back? How quickly can you set up?
1: Right. And, and we have those challenges because remember, each state has their own direction on right. how things are going to open up, what occupancies are they going to allow, yeah. what protocols are going to be in place from health and human services. Uh, yep. Secondly, brands. Um, yeah. All four of my restaurants are brands. What is the brand? It's going to be right uh the second part is if not everybody comes back, we have an additional cost of retraining, and you no, know you know twenty five hundred bucks is an easy number to train somebody uh per head uh, yeah, the other part is um we're also right now going through the accounting, budgeting, forecasting and working on the PPP funding as well because the clock started as soon as I got the funding for each asset. And to tell you the truth, uh, we're not going to be able to use those funds in the first four weeks to make a dent or a difference. And once you don't use that and you don't make your number, it's not forgivable and it's a debt. Right. And remember, when revenues are down, your leverage model changes, your DCR model changes. Absolutely. And you've just taken on additional debt. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the feds are going to look at this and how Congress is going to look at this and whether there'll be some adjustments in the code to help all these businesses. Because at the moment, if you look at the first wave of, uh, Uh, relief the first wave of the relief package which got exhausted right away the second one is on the way right now which will be according to predictions exhausted in three to five days yeah Um, all those clocks are funded and started right so absolutely um, yeah and the businesses are still closed California is predicted to be closed till June most likely right right so my assets in California that are funded what am I going to do? People don't want to come back because they're getting extra money at home. Right. So I can't even bring them back by trying to bring them back. So my forgivable dollars are not going to be forgivable. Yeah. It's just additional debt. Now keep in mind when I'm talking to the restaurant association, the retail association, uh, you know, NFIB and all those entities, The way things are going, chances are that 30% of retail will not survive through this cycle. That means that there'll be a huge loss to the middle class because a lot of these folks are middle class and a lot of them are novices that put their life's worth of work and savings into being an entrepreneur and trying a business and things of that nature. Exactly. Once they're gone, it'll take a decade to bring 30 percent of those individual businesses and small businesses back. So the misery that follows with an economic downturn that, you know, prevails for six months, a year, two years, three years, because all of our protocols are going to change on social distancing and occupancy within a building and things like that. That is my worry that, you know, Who's going to benefit off this? And my take is the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Costco's, the Sam's clubs, right? right? You know, they're, they're the winners in this thing. And the small business owners are the losers in this thing. And from a perspective of retail and a perspective of restaurants and a perspective of hospitality that I'm dealing with, my, my biggest challenge is still going to be labor. Uh, whether it be bringing back people or retraining people. And then the second biggest challenge that we're going to have, obviously, is when does consumer confidence get to the point where they're going to come back to us in, in droves? And the second part is how quickly will amnesia come back so that people can get back to the old ways of living? Because COVID is an anomaly. I mean, we've, we've right. had flus and other things over the years that, you know, people tend to forget very quickly and go back to normal living. And, you know, there was no social distancing or anything like that. Just like 9-11, you know, when you talk to this new generation of high schoolers and college kids, they don't even know what 9-11 is.
0: Well, and th- and that's really a shame. And you know, yeah, we went through a drastic change that you know, uh, you know we're still feeling the aftermath from that. And 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 I agree with you on that. And I think, you know, part of the thing is okay, confidence. I think comes back is when somebody's willing to sit in that middle seat on on an airplane. Okay, um, you know, I I, I I you know the airplanes, the airline industry needs to get out in front of it and really start promoting their cleaning of their of their aircraft and how they're doing this after every flight. Um, now, you know, with the cleaning, I mean, obviously the hotels are going to have to go through and the restaurants and the, and the retail that does come back are all going to have to go through, through something. What are you hearing from the hotel brands on new protocols? I mean, that's got to be changing almost weekly at well, this point.
1: It is, and I don't blame any of them. Um, Right. Because remember, all the guidances come from experiences, right? So the more we learn from the CDC, the more we learn from health and human services, the more we learn from scientists. And keep in mind, this, this virus is still in flux, we still don't know everything about it. So those protocols will keep changing until a vaccine is found. And we know more about the virus, its, its evolution, its mutations, those kinds of things, right? Uh, yeah. But Marriott got ahead of everyone in coming up with cleaning protocols, and now you see Hilton, you know, and others jumping in and coming up with protocols. Uh, the key thing yeah. is, whatever they come up with today is going to change tomorrow and the day after and the day after until, you know, there is some stability in understanding this virus, right? Right. Right. Um, so sometimes it also means that we're doing it just to let people know we're doing something. Is, is it Correct. the right thing? Nobody knows yet. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I mean. It's op- yeah, you know. Yeah. You're seeing a
0: lot of different things coming out there. You know, from these misters and fog machines that they're using. You know, to various other things. Yeah. Yeah. I think. You know. I mean. Yeah. You, you know. There's. It is changing. And if this virus starts mutating, okay, is there another set of protocols that have changed the formula now and you've stocked up on, on, on the formula to be used with the machine. And now that's been rendered useless. I, you know, I just don't right. know. And I think that's all going to be part of the conversation as you start having this rolling opening. I mean, parts of New York state are going to open soon and, um, parts of Florida and, and Georgia are starting to open. I mean, you know, like you said, California is looking more like June one. Um, you know, what, what are the insurance carriers telling you? I mean, are, are they, you know, I, I've talked to a few of them and it seems like, you know, they're, they seem to be looking more like
1: July for openings. You know, what do you, what do you Now, when you say insurance companies, do you mean the carriers that are carrying our policies?
0: Okay, yes. So,
1: just to let you know, Craig, I also have a property casualty commercial insurance brokerage firm that we specialize in hospitality here.
0: Ah, there we I did not know that. Look at that. You taught me something new today, my so, friend.
1: So, uh, you know, I, I am not as active in it as, you know, I personally don't have a life, but uh, I'm a partner in it and we right. specialize in it and obviously, you know, we've done very well without even advertising the business uh, uh, due to relationships like yours and mine, where we're friends and we refer. Most of my business is through referral. But from an insurance uh, carrier perspective, after Zars, they came up with language that excluded viruses, right? And so unless and until there's an act of Congress, no policies are going to get paid out. Right. The yeah. loss of revenue or shutdown or anything of that nature. Now, remember, when technology evolved to a point where cybercrime uh, became so prevalent that the annual cost of cybercrime went into billions and billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Then, yeah. You know, yes, know. do. I compliance came into play and cyber insurance came into play. We also were one of the first ones to roll out cyber insurance, which the paper was backed by Lloyds of London. Similarly, similarly wow. I think the industry is going to adjust, you know, through mandates and through legislation to hopefully cover some of these things, right? Um, but right. remember, the premiums are phenomenal because premiums are based on claims and uh, uh, experience, right? Right. Uh, you know, exactly. the, the, the good story or uh, a good example came out is, uh, uh, you know, Wimbledon, the, the, the tennis club yeah. in London that, you know, paid right. for this like a million pounds a year or some some enormous amount. And, you know, I, I think they paid in like 14 million over the years and now they're getting back 40 million. Right. Somebody. Somebody was yeah. smart enough to understand the risk and investment, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. But that yeah. was not
1: prevalent worldwide. And so, um, right. I, I think from the insurance side, we're going to have to wait and see how this thing lives out and how the industry adjusts and the motivation based on the dollars, whether people will pay this. Look at look at uh, COVID as COVID-19 as an anomaly that happens every 20 years uh, and and decide that, okay, we're not going to do anything about it. Or, you know, legislation is going to say, hey, we're going to require this coverage or, you know, but it's very, very expensive. I mean, extremely expensive. It's like earthquake insurance. Right.
0: Well, yeah, terrorism insurance, when that got introduced after
1: 9-11. You know, you were in Anaheim or Orlando,
0: you know, San Diego and various other markets, Vegas. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it is. It's going to be very, very expensive. And and my thing
1: is, I'm trying to, you know, since we're talking about it, and if somebody's (laughs) listening from the brand side, is to caution them that not just jump on everything that comes up. Like, you know, everybody jumped on every cleaning and masks and this and that, and this thing is evolving and what they don't realize is yeah. every time they jump on a brand standard, franchisees will go out there and invest in it, and then it changes, right? And, and so they need right. to be cognizant about operational costs, especially right now when there are no revenues.
0: Right, you know? exactly. So it's a, it's a very fine
1: yeah. balance uh, that sometimes we do things for good optics and good PR, but it may not be worth the ROI for franchisees, or even corporate-owned uh, uh, stores, you know, or corporate-owned hotels. Yeah. Uh, that that Absolutely. this will work. So I think sometimes patience is a virtue, and that you know, as you live out the virus over the next couple of months and get more data and more science behind it, that we're able to um, come up with better solutions and not, you know, shot off the hip solutions so that we can please the media or. Something like that, you know.
0: Absolutely, I agree with you, my friend. So, Ash, you bring a very unique perspective because of your years in the industry, being a past chairman of AHOA. I'm sure you're still in contact with uh, our friends at AHOA. Um, it may not be daily, but certainly weekly, and finding out what they're up to and how they're helping us as as a whole across the country. Um, you know, are, are, how how is your involvement with AHOA right now? Are you holding any virtual
1: town hall AHOA meetings in Arizona?
0: Or, you know, what's Personally, going on there? I
1: don't. I'm a, I'm a past chairman. and I sit on the past chairman's council, and I sit on a committee uh, to help the association. You know, it's a volunteer position. Uh, but, you know, right. I left my seat a long time ago, and I, I leave the decision-making to the current board. They're very capable, and... You know, excellent. I mean, look at the growth of Ahoa and uh, the participation level uh, from, uh, uh, you know, local politics all the way to DC. Uh, We we were a very, very strong part of aligning with HNLA. You know, Chip, who used to be our president, and, you know, uh, uh, with Rachel and, you know, uh, Cecil, our new president, uh, our chairman, uh, the first female chairman of Ahoa. Jagriti Panwala, um, they're doing a phenomenal job. I mean, we're on a daily basis bombarding our members of all the different things that's hitting our industry. They have lobbied so hard on the PPP. Uh, They have lobbied so hard on the EIDL. They have lobbied so hard in moving the needle on how many weeks uh, we need to have uh, to bring our employees back so that the forgiveness comes in play. I mean, they are right. directly in connection with the treasury, Mnuchin, the white house, um, you know, and don't forget all the board of directors in all the regions are doing phenomenal work, working hard. Uh, the staff is working hard they are, and, and you can see the emails that come out every day giving you an update on all the different subjects and uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a tough time for us. We were supposed to have our convention in April, which, you know, was a seven thousand 7, plus Correct. person convention that now has been postponed. And we we'll, are uh, hoping that as the country opens that we're able to host our convention. Um, uh, but no phenomenal engagement. Uh, town halls are not happening right now because of the no gathering uh, r- r- rule. Uh, but we're
0: that's why I was asking if they were doing vir- virtual ones in, in Arizona at no, this point. So yeah, not in Arizona you're not- at this
1: point, but we're, we're, what we're doing locally and everybody across the country is, is we're, we're doing fundraising to help the first responders with all the right. equipment and things like that. And so there's one going on in Arizona right now. I know Houston just did a big one um I, I think our our fund now is over ten thousand dollars or close to ten thousand dollars and uh you know our our members even though their hotels are closed and things like that are helping out uh in in the communities that they're in uh with different you know different uh, things uh, our members have opened up hotels for first responders and uh, places of shelter and yep. things like that i know in california We heard that, uh, you know, there were close to 15,000 rooms that were given up for either shelter or first responder use and things like that by our members. And and so, no, across the board, we're we're seeing a great amount of philanthropy uh, by the industry, although we're suffering uh, and closed in many cases. um, uh, But we're also very cognizant of the fact that this is the time for us to shine. And, uh, you know, an industry which is always hit hard by, Uh, optics and uh, you know msm's uh, um, uh, thought that we're low-paying industry i mean just look at at the amount of people that we hire and uh, it's sad to see so many people out of work i mean if you look at our unemployment we're we're, what 30 plus million on claims now
0: yeah easy yeah and growing yeah Absolutely. And, and, you know, and getting back to your point, I mean, you know, this is one of the things that I've always loved and respected about, you know, our industry is, you know, we really are the first ones to open up and give back to the community because, you know, the community is very important to our business and our relationships and our friendships and our family. And whether it's a fire in Arizona or California or someplace else, you know we're taking in people that have lost their homes. We are taking in, you know, the, the firefighters when they're able to rotate a new shift in and they're able to get off the line to get a little bit of rest. Um, you know, so it doesn't surprise me. And that's one of the things that I'm really proud of with our industry. I, you know, we, we give back at the conference with scholarships and pack money to, uh, uh, AHOA, and you know, it's, it, it's, it's just very important, and you know, the, we've got a, a tremendous group of people across the country that are all
1: in the hospitality sector. Right, you know, right, and, right. and uh, you know, speaking about it, uh, you just reminded me when you talked about uh, uh, sheltering uh, my property in Marysville, the Comfort Suites, just about a month and a half ago, we finally had our last person from paradise, California, that was wiped out by the fires, that had sheltered and lived in our hotel, finally find a place to go. So, you know, after a year and a few months, uh, you know, uh, we had that person finally find uh, some normalcy in life, you know? So yeah, um, you know, uh, it touches us as a community. and, 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 you know, if you look at it from our way of life in America, hotels is one of the reasons why this country flourishes the way it flourishes is because people can travel and find a place to rest their head while enjoying America, Absolutely. while conducting commerce, while finding, you know, solace, peace, adventure, all those different things. And hotels are a critical part of that. If if we didn't have the concept of hotels, I don't Absolutely. think we would be the America that we are today.
0: Oh, but yeah, the landscape would be totally different. Now, I remember as you know, a kid in the '60s, yeah, before air travel got more affordable for the masses, um, my parents used to put me in the back seat of the car, and we'd drive the old Route 66 out of L.A to chicago and then off to michigan to my mom to my grandparents and those were my summer vacations and they were some of the best times i ever had i i look forward to staying in a travel lodge every night you know it was great i was looking for sleepy bear back then you know so yeah i it's it's part of the fabric of our country you're absolutely right. correct about that you know i mean you know, you know. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. You know, when times are good, you know, we contribute a lot to the to the to the community. Times are bad, we we contribute even more to the community. Um, if it wasn't for the hotel and the transit occupancy tax, everybody's individual property taxes on their homes would be substantially higher. Um, you look at the tots. You know, you know now I'm going to speak for California you know this out here and I'm, I'm sure it's pretty similar in both Arizona and Texas, you know, that TOT goes to help pay for the firefighters, for the EMTs, you know, and various other things in the city because the city gets to keep that tax. So, you know, that, you know, if it wasn't, you know, based on the trans-occupancy tax and helping or, or funding those things, you know, it would be part of your real property taxes on your homes and commercial properties and everything else yeah so in
1: in, in arizona you know. we're the top three industry in the state i mean you got mining you got yeah. health care and then you have tourism and uh you know w- yeah. when you look at the property taxes that are paid by resorts and hotels and payroll taxes generated and you know just the economic engine that that is generated Absolutely. through hospitality. And, you know, obviously that includes restaurants and things like that. Uh, it, it is phenomenal. Um, you know, it, it involves every industry from technology to linen, to food, to, you know, roofing, to windows, to landscaping. I mean, it, there's a whole trickle down economics, yeah. uh, that hospitality, uh, produces for the state that, uh, you know, we're so proud of it here in Arizona as well, in California, where, you know, we have a lot of assets uh, in the Central Valley and, right. you know, uh, New Mexico and Texas that, uh, you know, we're able to be a huge part of, you know, the American dream.
0: Yeah. And and you know what? At the end of the day, the vast majority of it's still small businesses. Okay. It's, you know, SBA lending. It's, you know, single assets with, with you know a bunch of partners at least i know that's you know how you know my investments have been uh you know it's 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 that you know mid-cap to small cap company that you know everybody's involved with and i just love it it's the best business in the world you know i've met the brightest and the best in my 27 years in hospitality now and i you know yeah. The impact it's had on my life, my families and you know all right, of that right. when phenomenal. I got out
1: of college I thought I was going to get into retail, right? Ended up working as a resident yeah. manager for a 50 room econo in Flagstaff, Arizona and uh you know 29 years, 30 years later <laughs> this is the industry <laughs> that I love and pretty much the only thing that I really know what to do. <laughs>
0: There you go. Well, my friend, you know I appreciate you being part of the conversation on the Click Podcast. We have actually gone over thirty-six minutes, and I appreciate all this time. Oh, it was a great from conversation, you, my and
1: truly appreciate you having me on it.
0: I'd love to have you back in the next few weeks to you know check in, see how you're doing, what kind of planning you're doing, best practices. So. Let's continue the conversation on another, Absolutely. another podcast. Absolutely. I wish please. everybody
1: out there to stay healthy and safe.
0: Absolutely. I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for joining us for this, this exclusive podcast with Ash Patel of Southwest Hospitality. If you are wanting to be on the show, please direct message me or contact me at info at And this has been the Click Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode.